Yo, what's good, everyone? Thank you for stepping into the Coach's Box. I'm your host, Coach JP3, joined today by Coach Pace and Coach Natty T. Hey, how y'all doing, fellas? Everybody good? Good. Man, peachy. Peachy. That's what I like to hear. I like to hear. You know who's not peachy? We're going to dive right into this. You know, I, this whole Cowboys thing bothers me with the Amari Cooper situation, the news that dropped. And it is something that I don't know why I'm surprised anymore. But, you know, I, I, I guess, you know, when you're going through so much trauma, sometimes trauma becomes normal. So, like, you just don't even feel it anymore. Right? You just take it as a regular day. Uh, but Amari Cooper looks like sources say that he's going to be out before the end of the season for the Cowboys, that they're going to they're gonna get release him. So, I, you know, as someone who where the Cowboys hold a special place in my heart from when I grew up. This, this really hurt because I don't understand. And I, I think everyone's thinking, well, CeeDee Lamb's just going to take the mantle and run with it because he has so much talent. And he does have a lot of talent. He does. I'm just not sure if that talent is going to be sustainable without another solid, solidified right receiver to pair with him. So this kind of makes me think of Juju a little bit, you know, and not to say Amari was at Antonio Brown's level, but like regardless of like how good like Amari is, whether he's just as good as CeeDee Lamb or just a little bit good, it doesn't really matter in my opinion, because it's like the defense still has to respect Cooper. Like that's, that's, the, that's the big point is that he's good enough where a defense has to respect him. So you can't just always leave him on one-on-one coverage. You can't do that. And so now without him, you're depending on, you know, Gallup's not going to be ready for the season, uh, for the start of the season. And you got Cedric Wilson. So like those, I mean, no one's afraid of Cedric Wilson. He's good, but no one's afraid of him. Uh, so I'm, I'm afraid that's kind of going to be how it is. I think C.D. Lamb uh, numbers are going to suffer if they're not going to find a replacement, like a solid replacement for Cooper. And it really gets me to thinking about our dear friend, Jerry Jones. And Jerry, you know, Jerry's been talked about a lot on this show, most of it negative and rightfully so. And I, it just boggles my mind how you've made a living making these wise decisions in business to become the billionaire you are today, right? You've made all these wise... But for some reason, when it comes to the football team that you own and winning, in the words of Stephen A. Smith, he's allergic to prosperity, allergic to it. How can someone that makes so many good business decisions make such poor business decisions when it comes to the team that you own? And I think it's, for lack of a better phrase, no pun intended, but a love Jones by Jerry Jones. And what I mean by love Jones is that he is falling in love with everything except for winning. So he'll do whatever, he'll make any decision he needs to make if it's going to make the money, but not translate to wins. Because them getting rid of a star and maybe getting something for them, I'm okay with that. And as Rick Buecher pointed out on FS1, it's like Jenga. You play in Jenga and you take out the piece, but you take out the wrong piece. So yes, you need to take out a piece moving forward, but you took out the wrong one. That piece should have been Ezekiel Elliott. 
And I say that because where is the NFL going? It's a pass happy league, right? That's what gets the entertainment going. You see all the wide receivers. You got a bunch of them, like eight of them in the combine running below a four, five, a four, four in the combine. Like that's what the trend, that's where the trend is headed. So instead, instead of getting rid of a running back whose shelf life is shorter than that of the average wide receiver. And while Zeke still does have some value to them, to him, you'd rather get rid of the wide receiver. It reminds me kind of the housing market versus the car market. So there's nothing too sexy about the housing market, but the housing market, most, most of the time, you're going to get a lot of equity in that in the house. That's an investment worth having. The car market is more flashy. You can ride around and travel with it and show it off. But at the end of the day, it depreciates. And even in a really good market like we're in right now, the car still depreciates. The depreciation, that's the running back position. No matter how good they are, they depreciate. And while that per- and while he still has value, you can get rid of him and get some good stuff back for him to help build around the team. But instead, he went, he went there. And I, I think it's because he really likes Zeke. You know, Zeke has a, a personality, he's throwing parties. He's, he's all about the entertainment aspect that Jerry Jones is attracted to. But is he gonna translate into wins more so than Amari Cooper's production could have? Not necessarily. So that's just kind of my take on this whole thing. What do y'all think about this, man? I'm just beside myself. I'll go. So, Coach Price, I'm very proud of you. Thank you. Sorry, you're starting to come. You're starting to come around because I told you. I tried to tell y'all, Jerry Jones. Then sucks. Trying to tell you because here's the thing. They should have got rid of Zeke, but they can't because the contract that they have with him, even if they cut him, he still owed $15 million this year. So that's why they had to cut Amari. Mm -hmm. But who's the one that came up with the contract? Jerry. Mm -hmm. And who's the one that overpaid Amari in the first place? Jerry. (laughs) Like you said, Amari is no Antonio Brown, but somehow he made more money than Antonio Brown made during his prime years yep now i get it inflation you know whatever but still i mean just put that in context dude's about to dude was about to make 20 million dollars this year and clearly was not putting up 20 million dollar production so you just got caught jerry that's what it was then you had to make a bad decision again mm-hmm. so that's all i gotta say i'm i'm very happy i'm very satisfied it's i i I smell validation because again, it comes right at all. Everything with that team, it comes back to Jerry. Everything, every single thing. And I try to tell you, oh man, dude sucks. That's all I got to say. Coach Pace, good thing y'all don't have to worry about this tomfoolery. And <laughs> hey man, Super Bowl oh. champs, I'm gonna ride this wave as long as I can. Yeah, look like y'all bring Odell back too. That's a good, that's a good hey, Yeah. I can keep my jersey. That's all that really matters. Now he ain't gonna play till halfway through the season, but it's cool. It's cool. We just need him for Honestly, I think that's probably ideal for y'all. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. So you got much. Robert Woods coming back, and then you just have like another like element around playoff time. You're like, well, damn. Well, damn, man. Yeah. So I, I think that actually then he doesn't have to rush back. Like nice that's, I think that's a really good situation. Yeah. Yeah. So and it's probably just gonna be an incentive-based contract again. You know, they're gonna get him and his money regardless, but the Cowboys, on the other hand, hey man, listen, Cowboys are gonna do what the Cowboys do best. And that is find a way to break your heart. Hey, you ain't lying. But no, nah, I'm cool with uh releasing Amari because Amari ain't really did nothing. Like to be getting paid 20 mil to show up when you want to. You only got to show up for 16 weeks, right? It's not like us where we got to show up five days a week, (laughs) eight hours a day. All he has to do is show up on Sunday and get his money. And he can't even do that. So, you know, 20 million down the drain, hey, that's on him. Now the whole Zeke thing, I'm like, yeah, but at least I can count on Zeke to block. If If I can't count on him to get three to four yards of carry, Guess what? Gonna make up for it in the area of blocking. All right. Yeah. Which yeah. is a very, very valuable asset as a running back because not a lot of people are gonna stick their head in and uh you know block a D end or block a Devin White or somebody like that. So, mm-hmm. you know, I could understand, you know, having Zeke, you know, keeping Zeke because he does what most don't. Mm-hmm. Amari Cooper literally doesn't show up to his job. I mean, he's out there. Yeah, he runs. Mm-hmm. Then he goes home. I don't, <laughs> I don't know if he makes a catch or anything like that. But listen, you got to cut bait. So I'm cool with it, man. I was shocked that it was happening though, releasing them and stuff. But yeah. hey, listen, if you ain't doing your job, you get cut. Plain and simple. Yeah, I. I just wish that they could get something for so I'm gonna go ahead and say that I was gonna wait till a later episode, but I'm gonna go ahead and say this publicly. I am done with the this this toxic relationship <laughs> that I have with the Dallas Cowboys. I will forever be grateful for the years of Emma Smith, Troy Aikman, Michael Urban, Deion Sanders, Daryl Johnson. Jay Novacek, all those guys, Charles Haley. But that's that's who they used to be. And in any relationship, you know, they start off, they wine and dine, and stuff is good. And then you stay with them when stuff hits the fan because of how th- you remember how things used to be. You're like, they could become that person again. You know what? They were that person at one point. They will, they will be that way again but they got to want to be that person again. And Jerry Jones does not want to be that person again, as far as how that team was under control, you know, uh, in its prime years. So if, if he doesn't have my best interests at heart, why should I root for it? So I am going to renounce my fandom right here on the air of the Dallas Cowboys. Just like coming to America, Eddie Murphy said, I renounce my throne. That's that's exactly what I'm doing right here on the air. No longer a Cowboys fan. They will hold a special place in my heart, but I'm not investing any emotion in them anymore. That is all. 
Don't do it. Next. <laughs> Next. Probably have to roll with the Steelers. You know, they got Tomlin and Flores, and I've always liked them. So I guess I'll I'll I'll, I'll stay with them. Yeah. Hey, and they win. They win. They actually have a well-run organization. I'm gonna say they're consistent. So the next piece, so there's a lot going because you have the Aaron Rodgers stuff going on. You have Russell Wilson stuff going on. Omari Cooper stuff dropped today. And also you have Carson Wentz stuff going on too. Like, and then now people are talking about Lamar Jackson. And so a lot of people have talked about the Lamar Jackson situation from the lens of the Ravens organization. So we're going to go on the flip side a little bit and talk about this from Lamar Jackson's perspective. So there has not been a deal made to extend Lamar Jackson's time with the Ravens. And so our question is, what should Lamar Jackson do in this situation? Coach Pace, if you were Lamar, what would you do? You know, uh, James, <laughs> this is what I would do. <laughs> Until my name is signed on a new contract, mm -hmm. lucrative contract, starting at what Josh Allen got. Mm. That, is my bare, that is my bare minimum. Guess what? I'm not suiting up. You're not catching me on them. I won't be in Baltimore. I won't be looking at Baltimore. I won't even be wearing Baltimore gear. <laughs> Until I get what I want. Because I have supremely outperformed with a very, very, very below average roster, mm -hmm. if we're being honest here. They were 8-3 and three last year. And Half the team toward the ACLs. Now, <laughs> okay, eight and three, and then we saw what happened when he went out. So, listen, he got that leverage, okay? They can use all the passing, you know. He's not a passer. He's not this. Guess what? I'm a winner, and I'm an MVP. It's really Unanimous. all that matters. Unanimous. Unanimous. Yeah. Talk about it, okay? Listen, it's very simple. Baltimore is not an option until I'm the number one option. There we go. <laughs> I, I like it. What about you, Coach Natty T? I mean, that's what you should do. He's not going to do it, but that's what you should do. Because, again, I know this, you mentioned, you know, Aaron Rodgers, of course. Okay, Aaron Rodgers, if you want to pay him money, that's fine. You mentioned Kyler Murray. Yeah, he's another one. Like, listen, Kyler should not be getting paid before Lamar gets paid. Mm. No, absolutely not. So let's just start with that. Um, I think it could get a little messy because I feel like the fact that the you know GM already said, he's like, oh, well, we haven't had any talks with Lamar yet. I think that was kind of a shot at his mom, the fact that she's his agent. Mm. So I, I think they're playing because usually when stuff comes out like that, like there's always some hidden agenda behind it. Because um, I do think they probably have maybe not a lowball offer, but they have an offer, but they want to present it. And that was kind of their way of like, hey, like, you know, give us a call and, you know, see what our offer is. Mm -hmm. uh, of course, they're going to want to try to get pennies on the dollar, so to speak. But to what Coach Pace said, I mean, listen, if it's not 
I mean, the bottom is Josh Allen. Granted, Josh Allen trending upwards because, you know, obviously his last game with Kansas City was phenomenal. So, you know, whatever. But still, like, you know, because he's making, what, 43, 42 million? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, I mean, come on, man. I mean, like, that's, that's the that's the bottom. <laughs> like, he's doing yeah. more with less. Like, it's, I mean, his roster is like, I mean, what is, the, like, they don't, I mean, they, their best receiver is a tight end. Exactly, exactly. Because I think as much as, and, and to be fair, I mean, his, you know, his passing numbers this year, obviously, even minus the injury, you can make the argument he could be progressing, but to me, I, even though that may be true somewhat, I think it's I think there's two sides of the coin. I think that's somewhat on Baltimore as well for not evolving the pass offense, right? I mean, listen, like we saw it with Kansas City all season, right? Like you can't continue, you can't expect to just do the same thing you've been doing in the past that were successful, and expect the rest of the NFL to just accept that. Like you, they're going to make a counter. Now you have to make a counter. And it seems like Baltimore is just kind of staying stuck in that mold with Lamar. And he's great, and I can see why you want to do that. But if you can evolve that passing game a little bit more, yeah, it's going to be tough. And even with that, to your point, Coach Faith, they were still 8-3, and three, winning games, pulling out games. He was still making plays. So, you know, I put a little blame on – on both of them in that regard. So, but we'll see what happens. Yeah, I, I feel if I'm Lamar right now, I I want to give my money, but I'm not going to give my life to you. And I, I I say that in terms of, we saw what happened with Patrick Mahomes' contract, right? So that, that 10 years, that, that even a five or six year deal, I don't think Lamar should do that until the organization proves that they are able to really build around you. Cause to you all's point, in order for them to evolve the passing game, that's a coaching thing. And that's also a personnel thing. If you're going to evolve the, the passing game, you, you gotta have somebody to throw the ball to. <laughs> well, hey, Amari hey, Cooper about to be free here in a second. You might as well go in and get him, you know, like somebody, should you better than who you got on the roster right now? Uh, so that, that that might be a good look for for Baltimore. But it's like I think in in his mind, I can you know like I don't know him, I haven't talked to him, but I think in his mind he may be looking at all right. I'm gonna go ahead and play out this twenty three million dollar fifth year option, and then if they franchise him, he'll get what like. High thirties, maybe. Yeah, I think it'll be the thirty-eight, thirty-nine. I think something. Thirty-nine. Yeah. So that's that's right below that forty to forty-five stratosphere of some of those those top-tier quarterbacks. So if I were him, I would take a few million dollars less and not be beholden to the franchise until they show me that they are gonna that they're serious about this. Because you you're not just serious about me by what you pay me. You're also serious on how you treat my professional my professional development. So I that's what I would do if I was him because I think a lot, and that's 
So a lot of people are like, man, you need to throw the money at him like they did Patrick Mahomes. But if I'm Lamar, I don't want that. I want more of the Kirk Cousins route as far as the money is concerned, as far as the money is concerned. Go ahead and give me short term. I can do another, I could do a three-year extension, max dollars through that three-year extension, and then I'm going to reevaluate how I feel about you at the end of those three years. So that's kind of if I was – because I mean, they haven't been able – to build much around and like you like y'all said i mean coach pace said it the first time it happened like i don't know who they got in the strength and conditioning room but they need to be fired immediately <laughs> like how half your team on injury reserve with the same injury with the same injury that's that's a <laughs> coaching issue that's a coaching <laughs> issue so that's why I'm like, yo, like you got Lamar has to look out for the betterment of his career and his pockets at the same time. I think that's the best way to do it. Um, so that's why he needed to get his money. Yeah, I mean, because I think, because like you said, like for me, the uh, how the Tennessee Titans have built their team in terms of like offensively. Now, obviously, they have Derrick Henry, so that helps. But still, I mean. In terms of production, you're getting, I don't want to say the same, but it's right around like you're, you know, Tennessee's number one, Baltimore's always number two or three in rushing. So you're still getting the same amount of yardage. But like, I feel like Tennessee has the proper, you know, receivers in place because they have big body receivers. Because mm-hmm. Lamar Jackson, he's not like a, as much as I love Lamar Jackson, like he's not a precision thrower. He's not Tom Brady. He's not going to like throw right. any windows. He needs like big guys with big catch radiuses so he can like yeah. get it to an area and they can go get it. Because yeah. that's why he throws it to tight end a lot because it's a big catch radius and he can get it to where they can mm-hmm. actually catch it. So I feel like they need to get like big body receivers right. who can. They do. You know what I mean? Because that just fits. That would fit his sort of skill set a little better. And then, because you can't have Hollywood Brown be your best receiver because he's just a speed guy. Right. <laughs> I, I, I 1,000% agree. Like, drafting an A.J. Brown would be ideal for Lamar. I don't, I don't even know who's on the market anyway outside of Devontae. I mean, well, I mean, potentially Amari now. Um, yeah. but he's yeah, not a big body guy though. Like he's not gonna go up in traffic and get right. He's not gonna go up in traffic. Yeah. I mean, but to me, that's kind of the style of receiver that they need to have. They need to get like a big body receiver. Um, oh, like Claypool. They were yes. talking about getting rid of Claypool yes. or like a Juju. Um, they'll go in traffic and get the ball. They got water yep. catch radiuses, especially Claypool. So like they want to get somebody like him. Or even, like, I mean, listen, I don't know how good he's going to be, but, you know, maybe they need to try to move up and get that receiver from Oklahoma that's, like, blowing up the combine right now. They're comparing him to Debo. Oh, yeah. not fast, but, yeah. like, to me, you need big guys like that for Lamar. Like, that's, that's the type of receivers that he needs. He don't need – maybe you have a Hollywood Brown as just a, you know, just something a little different, to, you know, thought of – throw the top off the defense as a threat, but he needs big guys. So I don't know. We'll see. But that's, that's smart because a lot of people look at 
I think a lot of people misinterpret Kansas City's model. Number one, I mean, Mahomes and the way that they develop him and play calling is out of this world. That's one thing. But they have Travis Kelsey, who's pretty much a wide receiver. Yeah. A wide receiver, you know, lined up in the tight end position. So you need a big body to go out there and make a catch. I know Baltimore has Andrews, but it's different when you have other folks. Like, I mean, you even have a McCole Hardman. You have, you know, people there that, pe- that have been respectable within that offense. Mm-hmm. So it's like, no, he's not a household name. But you can't, you can't just waltz over there and try to play defense on him because they, they're going to score it. Patrick's going to find him and it's going to be a wrap. So yeah, I they they need I I, I like that guy out of um yeah that is blowing up the combine. I think that'll be good. He's a good fit, he's got the right body for it. Um I think he's someone that you can plug into your offense immediately and, and get some production from. So yeah, yeah. Wow, that's good. That's good. Well, we'll see what they let's see if they finally try to surround him with some talent. You know, and they also need to brush up their defense too, because their defense is suspect as well. Mm. Even that, that, they have all, all of them were injured too. Yeah. <laughs> corners, yeah, all their corners went down. I was like, man, this is crazy. Yeah, no, no running back, no corners, no nothing. Yeah, I was like, this season was just not. It was just not meant to be for them at all. Yeah, and I don't know what happened with Tyson Williams. He got into the doghouse, I guess, because he had he played a, well the first couple games, and then they they really never put yeah. him back in after yeah. he made a mistake. That's because no. they don't know what they're doing, clearly. Clearly, clearly. I'm like, he's pretty much all you got right now. <laughs> You're just not going to play him. So, yeah. yeah. We'll see what happens with Baltimore, man. Y'all need to do something or else Lamar is going to be looking out for himself. And you're going to lose him and lose all chances at your Super Bowl run of this team. So, switching gears a little bit to the NBA. So, with all the NFL drama, of course, you got your NBA drama right along with it. And we've had a, a really good few weeks. You know, this post-All-Star break, uh, you know, we're seeing the Mavericks make big splashes. We're seeing the Celtics make big splashes. Um, you know, Grizzlies and so forth and so on. I mean, then you always got, like, the Lakers who are doing, like, a completely nosedive. But um, giving up 36 points to Reggie Jackson again. Like, just, okay, anyway, that's another, that's another topic for another day. So President Joe Biden did his state of the address, you know, this week, right? And so that inspired our own Coach Natty T to do his own state of the NBA address. Go ahead, Coach Natty T. Yeah, so, you know, I'm no president, but, you know, as I didn't really watch all, you know, President Biden's address, but I was like, you know what? I need to make my own address because there's been some things on my mind. (laughs) (laughs) so it's kind of it actually is kind of piggybacking off our conversation last week but again i've been thinking about some of these things for a while and just brace yourselves because y'all y'all might be shocked by some of my uh statements here and i've made a couple i wouldn't say 180 but 160 opinions i would say All right, so let's get it started. Sorry. Point number one, KD. I'm really about to go here. This season, he needs to get at minimum, at minimum to the finals or else 
he is the biggest underachieving player in NBA history. Ooh, that's a strong state. You start, man. I'm starting. I told you, I'm starting off on fire. So, Coach Pace has left the set. He's left. Hear me up. And number two, I cannot call him the best player in the league right now. I can't do it. Ooh. Here's why. His talent is undeniable, but I refuse to give somebody the title of best player in the game when the following, and I've had this all written down. It's been eight years, eight, since you won the MVP. You won it in 2014. Mm-hmm. Been four years since you've been in the finals, or been in the NBA finals. Five years since you won it. Four years since you've been an all NBA player. Not First team, second team, third team. Mm. I can't call you best player in the world. I need some tangible evidence. I need some results. That's what I need. Because you know why? And we can say, oh, well, KD wasn't hurt. Or KD was hurt. That's why he wasn't in any of those accolades. That leads me to my point. You know how many games KD has missed over the past three years? Mm. 128. Mm. You know who's number two on that list? Kyrie Irving. <laughs> you know who's number three on that list? Anthony Davis with 109. Okay, we're going to talk about Anthony Davis not being available. KD, you and him live in the same neighborhood. Y'all neighbors. Mm. So if I'm going to get on AD for not being available, KD, you're not available either. And I need to see results. We keep talking about this toe was on the line. Yes, but what happened in overtime? 0 for 5 in an air ball. Two air balls at that. And I can't, can't give him that pass because if LeBron does that, we can't say he was tired. We, don't get that, we wouldn't get that pass to Kobe. We wouldn't give that pass to MJ. I can't give you that pass, KD. So... This leads me to my second point, Giannis. Am I a fan of Giannis? No. Do I enjoy watching Giannis play? Not really. This is my 160 view. He's the best player right now. I have to give him, I have to give him his props. He's earned the right to be called the best player. You know why? Because of results and recent results. If you're a great player, I'm not saying you have to win the title every year. I'm not saying you have to win MVP every year, but you have to update your resume accordingly, okay? Mm-hmm. KD has not done that. So that's why I got to give, give Giannis his credit. And I mentioned this last week. We all saw the man bend his knee backwards. And what did he do? He came back a, in a week and averaged 35, 13, and 5 in the finals. In a game six, close out game, 50 points, sending them home. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. KD, I don't give a damn about Kyrie because you chose Kyrie as your teammate. I don't give a damn about Ben Simmons because you chose Jace Harden as your teammate, but you don't want to have a conversation with him to try to resolve conflict. So he wants to leave. Now you have Ben Simmons that can't play. That's on you, KD. And if LeBron 
has done this twice in his career, has led a trash team to the finals twice by himself. KD, if you're the best player in the league, and if you're one of the best scorers we've ever seen, I need you to do the same. That's all I ask. Because if not, then maybe you're not on that level. But if you are, I need you to do that at least once. Then I can call you the best player in the league. Point number three, LeBron. The Lakers suck. Let's just <laughs> let's just stop it. Yeah. As Charles Barkley said, there are a bunch of old geezers trying to play basketball. Okay. They suck. Point number two on the Lakers. Quit acting like y'all gonna trade LeBron. Just let's just stop it. I know the fans out there are upset, but let's stop it. Do y'all really want to go back to life before LeBron? Let's have a little revisionist history, shall we? 15 wins, 22 wins, 26 wins, 22 wins. Do you really want to go back to that life? I don't think so. So stop it. As bad as it is right now. (laughs) As bad as it is right now, (laughs) y'all not going back to that. So stop it. Now, LeBron, quit acting like you're leaving the Lakers. We all know what your master plan is with Bronny. You're not going back to Cleveland and sending him to St. Vincent St. Mary's. That's going to F up the plan. He's at Sierra Canyon for a reason to get exposure so he can get to a big power five school so he can get in the NBA so you can play with him. Quit acting like you're leaving L.A. because you're not. Since you've been there these past three years, your net worth has tripled tripled you're not going anywhere so stop now (laughs) particularly on lebron can we stop i'm going to defend lebron here because i think michael jordan is the best player of all time slightly i'm not going to go to skip bayless route i just think michael jordan is the best player slightly over lebron i have lebron number two but i'm going to defend lebron here Let's stop with the legacy talk, people. Stop it. The man's legacy is cemented. His face is edged out in the Mount Rushmore of basketball. Stop it. Quit acting like this Lakers season now diminishes his legacy. If you think that, you're an idiot. Stop it. Okay? The man is like, I view LeBron James as as I view Jay-Z in the rap world. If you ask people, you know, who's the best rapper out right now? Most people probably won't mention Jay-Z. But you know why they don't mention Jay-Z? Because he's already in a different stratosphere. Like, that conversation is for y'all idiots. Like, I'm already up here. That's LeBron James. He should be exempt from this conversation because his legacy is already cemented. Okay? So let's cut the crap here. Last but not least, Adam Silver. Now, Adam Silver is a nice guy. I like him at my job. You know, I've heard him on conference calls. I've been, you know, on telling those conference calls. Really nice, you know, very communicates very well. Um, but Adam, you got a problem on your hands. This whole Kyrie situation has been a complete disaster. That whole James Harden situation with the Nets and with the Houston Rockets, complete disaster. Ben Simmons, disaster. Zion Williamson, disaster. 
this next CBA, I need you to, you know, call on the ghost of David Stern and get some gangster in you because this, this ish, this ish ain't working. Okay. This whole, oh, I'm not going to play. Oh, I don't want to play there. Oh, I'm just going to eat my way out of New Orleans. Stop it. All, all of them, all four of those players, they should have been cut like Amari Cooper's about to get cut. That's what should happen. Their contract should state if you're not going to play, like willingly not going to play, you shouldn't get paid. Period. That's what we need to do. Because these NBA guys are taking it way too far. I understand player empowerment. Everybody wants to copy LeBron and follow his footsteps, but LeBron always played and finished out his contract and waited until he was a free agent and made a decision. He never held out on anybody. He put pressure on the team, but he never held out on anybody. He never kept himself out of shape. Kyrie, you want to be LeBron so bad and make political statements? LeBron still plays and then uses the media to make the statements that he wants to make. He doesn't quit to try to make a stance about political statements. We don't need you to be the sacrificial land to try to say, oh, this vaccine mandate doesn't make sense. Guess what, Kyrie? Politics don't make sense. Politics are confusing. Politics aren't fair. We didn't need you to be a sacrificial land to say that, okay? So you should have just got the vaccine, then use your media sessions to shed light on whatever you want to shed light on. But no, you want to be difficult. Shut up and sit down and go get the shot and go help your team win a championship and shut up. Zion, get the fork out your damn mouth, okay? I don't understand what the hell is going on. I know you don't want to be in New Orleans. You want to be in New York. That's fine. Finish out your contract and then just go there as a free agent. Just do that, please. Ben Simmons, I want to be, you know, you say you have mental health issues. You say you have back issues. I just don't understand how you played your basketball your whole life, but you can't shoot. But that's one thing. Grow some balls and go out there and play against Philly. Playing at some time, some point. James Harden, I know you're happy right now. You must, you have the best weight loss plan in human history because you're skinny again and moving around. James Harden, do something in the damn playoffs, please. Don't blame your hamstring last year for how badly, badly that you played. Because if you were 100%, that probably still would have been your production in the first place. That's just the reality. Because you suck in the playoffs. I really don't give a damn about this little three-game winning streak. I need you to show me something in the playoffs. So, that's my NBA State of the Union address. What, what, what are y'all's thoughts? Am I crazy or what? I know that KD one was going to get y'all, but. But Faith, go ahead, bro. <laughs> Listen, everything was valid. Except the very first point. <laughs> Lord have mercy. <laughs> Just saying. Oh, my goodness. See, you know, unfortunately, 
this thing that we call life isn't fair. And when it comes to judging players, KD has a, I have to give him a slight, slight, slight exception because, okay, you can't really, you can't, the one thing you can't control about basketball is injuries. But when he's available, he plays. I mean, you got to think about like the, what was it? The game he, I think, tore his Achilles mm-hmm. when he came back against Houston. He wasn't even supposed to play that game. No, listen, I'm not saying all that. I'm just saying, I need to see results. Yeah. And it needs to be this year. I need to see it. Because he's back now, he's injured. I need to see you get this team to the finals. Period. Because as much as Giannis and the Bucks are defending champions, you have the Chicago Bulls, you have... You know, the Boston Celtics are playing well, uh, Miami Heat. But there's no LeBron in his prime in the East. You're LeBron in his prime right now, figuratively speaking. So for me, I'm just like, KD, you need to show me something, dude. Because I can't, we can't have, it will be a five-year gap now since you haven't won a finals. Finals MVP or league MVP. I, I need something. I need something. His strength coach is trash. I will say that because <laughs> for somebody that always gets hurt, all right, at some point you got to look at your team and be like, somebody not doing their job because he should be getting hurt like he is. Yeah. I, I'm just saying, I just think, like I said, man, I think his, his it's not a talent question. It's just because, because, and I'll say this. He's also built different, too. He is. Because he's not a leader. Very so cool. I'll say this. Him and Wilt Chamberlain are almost the exact same person. Not necessarily in terms of their styles, but unbelievable talent. But when it's all said and done, if he only has those two titles with the Warriors, we're going to be sitting back and saying, how do you only get two? Think about it. Yeah. I mean, because he's the second, and it's a wide gap. He's the second best player in his generation. <laughs> what I'm saying, I mean, you got to at least get to another finals. I mean, there's no LeBron in the East. Okay, we got Giannis. You lost to Giannis last year. Okay. I'm going to say Giannis is – Giannis is uh, – yeah, but if but if but if we're gonna say he's the best player in the world, even better than Giannis, then he's gotta. I I I need to see results, man. That's all I'm asking. Maybe that's too much. That's all I'm asking. I need to see some result, some tangible result from KD. And again, problem is okay. So when you meet somebody that's just as good as you, with a better team, that is the dilemma. Because like Giannis and KD cancel each other out. But then he had all those people that were hurt. Because wasn't it just KD last year? Like, nobody really showed up. James Harden was. James Harden was on the floor, but he really did. Okay. Exactly. <laughs> so, I mean, it, I, it, Giannis is just as good as KD, except with a better team. 
because they they had Drew Holiday last year. We all know how good Drew Holiday is. Mm-hmm. So it's like I want to hold him accountable, but I also got to look. Well, call a spade a spade and be like, well, I mean, if we're being honest, he's not LeBron. Not even close. Okay, then. Okay, so that point right there, I'm okay with that. If we're going to say that, then I'm okay with it. But for those that say he's the best player in the world, clearly, right now, okay, well, I need to see it. I need to see it. Because you just said, like, him and and Giannis were here, Giannis had a better team. Mm-hmm. That's not necessarily the narrative. If you, I'll, I mean, maybe I, I'm interpreting it wrong because I'm hearing, in general, for most people, Giannis is here and KD's here. They no, 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 no. That, that, Even I that, was that, there before. That that I was, but I'm like the gap is there's no gap. There's at this current moment there's no gap. Okay, well, if that's if that's the case, then okay. Well, Katie's just not as good as what we thought he was. Then. No, no, no. He is. It's just some, some. At some point, you got to look yourself in the mirror, strap your nuts up. Excuse me, I know this is funny. Strap your nuts up, and get it together. Like you gotta, you gotta find something deep inside you. You know, as they say, the mama mentality. You got to find that killer in you, and I just don't think without someone like a Steph like a, a natural leader, he's not built like that. And that's what we're holding him. We're holding him up there with LeBron when we can't hold him up there with LeBron because he, he can't do it. He's just not that guy. He's okay. he's a great talent. He's great talent, but he's just not. He's just not that guy. He's not. It's not even close. Thank you. Thank you. That's it. That's my address. That's my point. He's a, he is he is phenomenal talent, but he's really not that guy. If he can't, if they need to get to the finals this year, like if he care, if he pulls it off, like just damn KD, goodness gracious, just damn. Okay then. Again, and I brought LeBron up as an example because he's done it twice in his career. And we talked about it a little bit last week. Because obviously the you know the Detroit one early on in his career, um, Ben Wallace wasn't there, so that game he kind of went to the he had a free reign to the basket, so you can whatever. But listen, at that point in LeBron's career, was he better or worse than KD? Uh, and what year was that? Oh seven. Seven. Yeah. Yeah. He was better than KD. What? You said that that bro, he was better than KD. Oh, Four years KD in. right now? KD yeah. right now? Yeah. Absolutely not. No, 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 no. No, no. No. LeBron couldn't shoot at that point. LeBron has LeBron has it. So my point is LeBron can get that team to the finals. And let's be let's just be real about it. That team that that Cleveland team was absolute garbage. <laughs> Let's like come on now. We can talk about all oh, Kyrie's not there. He's only there half the time. We can talk about Ben Simmons, but listen, you still have a Blake Griffin, albeit he's a little older. You still have a Lamarcus Aldridge, albeit he's a little older. We have a Seth Curry, who's a top five three point shooter in the league right now. 
you have Patty Mills, who's another NBA champion. I mean, and if you look at the competition, there's, I mean, okay, Giannis, maybe, okay. But besides that, I mean, there's no Goliath in the East. There's no LeBron in the East. There's no, like, there's no, like, a Jordan guy. There's no Kobe guy in the East. Like, you're the Kobe. You're the LeBron, and you're the MJ. He don't have it. I'm telling you, he just don't have it. That's all I'm saying. I just need – I need to see him get it. He needs to get – he doesn't have to win the championship. Because, again, like, once you get to the finals and say if they play the Warriors or play the Suns, and it's just, it's just like, okay, like, well, damn. It's just – it's almost like, you know, LeBron versus the Warriors in the finals in 20 – 2018 like well damn to me like that's more of a win for lebron just getting there <laughs> but yeah, I, I like this conversation come Make on sure. man i with kd you know there there are things that people do in their lives that tell us who they really are and though we may have expectations and we've seen a lot of we've seen some bright spots listen to the signs that of, of what people saying what people do so at the end of his okc right now i would say he was the leader on that team right uh russ is definitely more of the quote-unquote alpha personality but <laughs> kd was definitely the most talented person on that team got him to the finals they won oh, one absolutely. game absolutely uh, then once the loss to the warriors happened they lost that 3-1 lead Everyone thought that KD was ring chasing is what they called it. And that was the narrative. Oh, that was a weak move because he's just going to go to get an easy ring. There's another side to that. Did, now, did he know that if he went there, the chances of them getting a ring were really high? Yes. But I think more importantly, he could just show up and play basketball. Mm -hmm. The role that he is most comfortable filling the where he says the where he thinks he's his purest self is when he could just show up and hoop. And he has an organization that can handle all the egos. He has vocal leaders as his peers, and you know, and Draymond and Clay and stuff. They have been through the, they have been through the fire together. Mm -hmm. So Katie just had to, to to listen, give his two cents where need be, but mainly just ball. That's all they need to do was ball. You know what's funny about that concept, real quick, James? Mm. A better fit, now that I'm thinking about it, if he wants all that, all that you just said, but he can still be the best player, but not be the alpha, Miami. Mm. Yep. AD and Miami would be would be nice. It, it, see, this is, this is why player mobility is good but when players try to play gm they get it wrong sometimes right because we give lebron credit for getting it right first couple times he, he got it wrong this time and kd also got it wrong and so we're going to kill lebron for getting westbrook on the team and an injury prone anthony davis then we need the whole kd accountable for bringing in a, a locker room cancer kyrie irving he's already shown you who he was two stops beforehand Right, two times in a row before he got there, 
And then when James Harden decided to act out, then you're like, oh, I want that guy that acted out when adversity hit him and when he didn't like where he was anymore. And then has the nerve to get passive aggressive on live television during the all-star, you know, drafting and take a shot at him. You knew who he was. He showed you that. Would you thought he was going to be different for you? No. No. You don't think y'all need a coach? No. Oh, okay. Okay. Okay, Katie. He put this on himself. He could have figured it out with the Warriors and stayed there, or he could have went to a team like you all talking about, like Miami or whatever other team was properly constructed where he could just show up and hoop and maybe the most talented player, but didn't have to be necessarily a leader of that team. Kyrie Irving has never been a leader of the franchise. He had an opportunity to do that in Boston, and he couldn't do it. Why did those young cats not like him so much? He clearly was the champion. He clearly was the more seasoned player. Why didn't they respect him? That showed you right there he doesn't have what it takes. He had beefing with LeBron James. He showed you he doesn't have what it takes because it's about him before we. And he's showing you that right now. So, Katie, you can't get upset. You put this on. You could have went anywhere. You had your options. Any team would have taken you. Literally, he's one of the few players that we could say that any team would have took Kevin Durant if he said, I want to play for y'all. Even if it wasn't Golden State. No. I, I would understand if he just said, okay, I want to move on for Golden State. I want to have a little bit more of a prominent role as far as like, hey, like, I can do this, but don't put together the wrong Avengers and get mad because you can't beat Thanos. Like, like don't, don't, don't get mad at that. So that, that's kind of my narrative on KD is it wasn't necessarily a ring chase. And it's like, this is his most comfortable role because he's not a vocal leader. He doesn't like adversity. Nope. And he's passive aggressive. Yep. And so are the people you decided to play with. Now, when all three of y'all have the same deficits, deficiencies, then what do you think is going to happen? You're not going to get anywhere. So I, I like that, that, that take on KD. Giannis, I mean, even this year is playing very well. He's worked on his game. I think the Bucs will ramp it up when it comes to playoff time. I think really what they're trying to do is just maintain the ship and stay healthy because I don't think they're afraid of anyone in the playoffs. They're not afraid of Brooklyn. They're not afraid of any of these other teams, even with Joel Embiid and, and James Harden. They're not afraid of them. Well, they've, le they've learned from their lessons in the past because yeah. back-to-back MVP seasons, it was like, oh, we got to have the number one seed. We're going to mm -hmm. push hard. Now it's like, mm, all right, no, we're good. Yeah. Yeah. James Harden. I, I agree with you on James Harden. He's the his most successful season was with Chris Paul, and when Chris Paul went out with the injury, we saw what happened from there. Houston had the, 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 the finals run on a silver platter, and Coach Nighty, you and I watched that game together nope. where, where they couldn't make a three to save their lives. Nope. And Harden wasn't up to task to stand up for the moment. He strayed away from actually what was working earlier in the game and was trying to force this three-point shot. And also, just the galvanizer of getting the team together to refocus, he's not that guy either. Nope. So, but Joel Embiid is that guy. So, we'll see if it works in Philly. But And again, 
he lost to Atlanta last year. He and did. You have a coach that has lost three three one leads. Yeah. So good luck on that one, Philly. Good luck. That'd yeah. be a nice little win streak, but we'll, we'll see what happens come playoff time. Yeah. Yeah. And for the for the Lakers, man, I look at it in terms of we talked about it last week on the show. They said defense is Frank Vogel's calling card. I mean, it could be, but like you gotta have cats that can actually play defense to be able to maximize that strength of yours. You feel me? Like, so I heard somebody in the media talk about why aren't we looking at Frank Vogel? Because defense is supposed to be his strong, strong area. So all right, I'm going to name you a list of players, and you tell me which one of them is a, a, a perennial defender. No. Anthony Davis. No. 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 Offensively, no. yes. No. Defensively, eh. Right? No. Eh. No. He's tall. He's wow. tall. He's, he's there. He's there. He's there. He, put, Russell you know, Westbrook. he does this in the paint. You know, that helps. <laughs> you got Russell Westbrook. No. Next. LeBron in year 52. No. 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 He can't turn it up like he used to, right? He can sit in that chair, man. Can't sit in the chair. For long periods anyway. Yes. Yes. Say, he's sitting in the chair. He ain't getting up for me. He can't get up in the chair. <laughs> Unless it's a rocking chair, he can rock his way back up. There. Yeah, exactly. that, that's a great way of putting it. Yep. Yeah. Um, Carmelo Anthony. Sure. <laughs> Although he's played decent coming off the bench. I got to give him credit. Because he's, he's he's filled his role on the bench, he's embraced it. Yeah, he's not going to stop anybody though. No, the pick and roll defense is atrocious. So yeah. like, I, yeah. So those are your most talented players on the team, and you got an old Trevor Ariza. Oh, yo, why, bro? Why is he on the team? LeBron, he's stealing somebody's money. He's stealing money. He is stealing money. Bro, yeah. like, they had DeAndre Jordan on there. Like, they had DeAndre Jordan. Like, Philly got him now. Let's see what he does in Philadelphia. But Yeah, like, bro. Yeah. That's another one. Rewind back to Brooklyn. Kyrie and KD was like, hey, we want our boy DeAndre here. They and wanted him to play over Jared Allen. Yes, they got rid of Jared Allen. Now Jared Allen in the All-Star game. Yeah, they got rid of Jared Allen because they wanted DeAndre Jordan to start like. Yeah. So, I, 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 can't, I can't really blame Vogel in that sense because how is he supposed to do what he does best when he doesn't have players that can, that can fulfill the task? Also, Russ, Russ Brook will probably be more efficient off the bench but I think he's kind of in Iverson mode where he's not, he's not going to accept that. And that was kind of the, Iverson could have had a longer career if he would have just been like, all right, you know what? It's my time to just be productive and be one of the best six men out there. Something like that, you know? He could have probably maybe even got a chip out of it if he went to the right team. And the ironic thing about that is if Russell Westbrook came off the bench as a six man and say they actually like took off and, you know, got to a final or even won a championship, that would actually enhance his legacy. That's the ironic thing. Yes, it 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 is it is. <laughs> it, and you look at the stops that Russ, Westbrook has been before here. He did his. I mean, he got the Washington Wizards to the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, he did. He did. But it was ba- basically Bradley Bill and a bunch of young cats, right? So he plays better 
when the offense revolves around his strengths and he could just distribute, rebound, and he can t- have the ball in his hands most of the time. If LeBron's on the court at the same time, that doesn't work. That cancels out his strength. So him coming off the bench, he can he can penetrate, draw the defense, kick it out to Melo, because Melo now is a spot-up shooter a lot of times, or he backs you down in the paint. Boom. You hit AR-15. Boom. You hit, uh, what's his name? Um, Monk. Boom. Like, you could do that with that group. But having them in there with AD and LeBron, it doesn't work. Their skill sets don't work together. Nope. So there, there's a lot of I – I, I bet you they wish they had Brandon Ingram now. I bet you they wish they had Kyle Kuzma now. Lonzo Ball. Lonzo Ball now. That's all I got to say. Josh Hart, all of them. All those cats. They could use that young talent now. But anyways, yes. Speaking of young talent, we're going to switch gears to John Moran. So John Moran's been in the in the media a lot, especially the last few weeks. People have, you know, sent him a lot of praises, but people have also taken shots at him. And so, so we're going to talk about what our thoughts are, uh, what our thoughts are on um, John Morant. And uh, Coach Pace, we'll start with you. What do you think of John? Uh, <laughs> what do you think of John Morant so far? Um, and what does he need to take it to the next level? Um, really, I just think he's authentic, and that's what makes him unique. Like what you see is what you get with John. I think the media is only giving him, you know what the media does. They latch on to anything that's, you know, looking like it's going on the upper swing. So they did it with Luca. Um, they're doing it with Ja. They did it with Giannis. Um, they're just going to latch on to anything that is going upward. But trust me, if he makes a mistake, they will be there to tear him down. Um, that's just how the media works. But you know, overall, man, I like John. I feel like John's your favorite player's favorite player, if you really think about it. Yeah. Like, I feel like you, there's no way you can't not like John. Um, he's must-see TV. Must-see TV. Yeah. Um, what does he have to do to take it to the next level? Uh, that's tough. Um I mean, there's some things he could pick his spots better. I mean, there's really nothing I could say terrible because he's a smart player, savvy, creative, explosive. Like, he has a total package. Um, I think really it would just be – I think Memphis is just missing, like, a piece. Don't know what the piece is, but I think they're missing a piece. Outside of that, though, I mean – I think he just needs to learn when to pick his spots better um, and little things like that. It's more like little nuances of the game that he still has yet to learn. But outside of everything else, like, I mean, dude could drop 30, 40, 50, 10 assists, seven boards, whenever he wants to, steals, dunks. So, you know, I think it's just going to come with growth and when he learns to fine-tune things. But, yeah, Josh, Josh the man. Man, I, I, man, I, I'm a huge fan. It is already, already, and I'm not going to put him on a pedestal because he still has a, a lot to prove to get to that that level. But to what you said, Coach Pace, I, he is so well respected amongst his peers, and I think that says says a lot. Um, I watched the game against the Celtics very closely, and that, and the and the Grizzlies lost that game. Ja got off to a horrendous start. 
in that game. Couldn't, I think he was forcing it a little bit. I think when, when people are, are, are trying to crown you in something, you feel like you have to go out every single time and, and get it and prove that. Um, but what I, you know, especially as the point guard, you have a different responsibility than the other players on the floor as the person that's going to be the distributor. So it may be better instead of him going like full force to say, hey, yes, I'm Ja. Go ahead and take that first quarter, quarter to half, get your teammates involved in the game. Get, get them, get them a rhythm. Because what happened is they couldn't hit shots. Nobody on the floor could hit shots. Because Ja was taking, I think he took, what was it, 14 shots in the first half or something like that. Um, you know, spread that love a little bit. Let's get some other people in rhythm because you know you're so talented. You're going to be able to find the basket eventually. You know eventually it's going to happen. And he ended up with 38. Like So that's just to show how good he is, is that he's resilient. He didn't let that get him down. I definitely give him props for that. I also watched just the way that his teammates respond to him, the way he responds to his teammates. I love the the positive um you know vibes there the accountability but it's like lovingly accountability like hey you know we got this it's really a team environment so his teammates respect him the referees respect him like when i if you watch closely when jod disagrees with a call watch how he approaches the referee he literally he did it he did it against the celtics and he walked over and he explained something to the referee and then he sat there and he didn't talk back. He listened to the referee. They had a little brief exchange like, oh, okay, so this is what, you know. And the referee pats him on the back. Right? So let's just think about like, you know, it, it's everyone around him respects him. And he's going about the game of basketball, I think, for the most part in the right way. And what you said, Coach Pace, he'll, yeah, he'll learn that in time. He's just an easy, easy young cat. I want to see him become a better shooter, like higher percentage shooter, because I, I really fear for guys that their athleticism is the crux of their impact on the floor. Because, I mean, that, that alley-oop he dunked past Marcus Smart, ridiculous. The dunk over he did against the Spurs, ridiculous. He had some and ones that he finished last night, and I was just like, yo, that's ridiculous. But we've seen that before. We've seen that before. And when that athleticism goes away, those guys are going to have to be able to find out how to still be effective. Russ, with the little loss of athleticism he's seen over the last couple of years, still can't shoot. <laughs> Derrick Rose got injured, right? So his through his recovery process, he did get a little bit better at shooting, I think, but that's because he really had to. He was forced to, right? So I would like Ja to diversify his game a little bit before he has to diversify it. Save that athleticism for moments where you really need it because there could be an easier way to score on the floor, right? So I think between getting his teammates involved and be a little bit smarter with his body, I think if he does that, man, sky's the limit. We'll be talking about him for a long time. I just feel like he's slowly improving his jump shot because if you like, if you pay attention last couple years, even when he was in the NCAA, it was more like an athlete in college and then you know you see little nuances where okay he can hit a little this year he's I would say his spot up three-point shooting has improved a lot um yes which is nice to see um now off the dribble that that's probably where I would say he needs to improve 
It's probably anything off the dribble, pull-up jump shot related because he's definitely more of the spot-up, you know, swing it. He'll knock it down for sure, but definitely the one dribble pull-up, two dribble pull-up, stuff like that he can improve on. Thank you, Coach Yeah, man, I, I agree with both of you guys. Um, John Moran is my favorite player, period. Um, I can't trust other players because either they don't want to play, they're not going to play, or they come up short. So I'm just – my my peer group of NBA players, I'm like, I'm just, I'm on to the next generation. Um, yeah, I think for me, <clears throat> what's missing from John is a deep playoff run. I think if he can get the Memphis Grizzlies to the Western Conference playoffs this year, or I mean, obviously if they can get to the finals, that would be huge too. But if he can get on a run and and get to the Western Conference Finals, I think from there, I think the sky's the limit from there. Because um, here's the thing. What I saw from Ja last year in that playing game, Coach JP3, you know where I'm going. And this is part of what really gets on my nerves about the media, because it's like, this is where they like to pick and choose the selective memory. Because everybody keeps saying, oh, you know, I need to see Ja like in more clutch situations. Oh, I need to see Ja come up big in a big moment. I'm like, well, last year, my memory serves me right. I think I have a decent memory. In the playing game, they were a 10 seed, and the beloved Warriors were the 8 seed. Now, the Warriors lost their first game to the Lakers, so they had to play the Memphis Grizzlies. I saw. Ja hit the game tying score to send the game to overtime. Meanwhile, Steph Curry missed his shot to win the game. Then in overtime, I saw Steph Curry go 0 for 5. But at the same time, John Morant went 3 for 5. And the Grizzlies won the game and upset the Warriors. The Warriors weren't even in the playoffs. Then as a 10 seed, I see Ja go into Utah, mm-hmm. actually win a game in Utah. Yes, which is a hard place to win, man. A hard place to win. Not, I'm not going to say that the team, like the rest of the team, it was garbage, but let's, but let's be honest. They were a 10 seed, for goodness sake. So it really was like Ja versus Steph. Ja won. And Ja was able to win a game in Utah. So. Without- what was it? Was it Jaron Jackson that was out? Oh, Jaron Jackson. Yeah, yeah. So, like that right there told me, okay, this kid. When we just we just talked about KD, Coach JB three. You talked about the camaraderie with his teammates. I don't, I don't see, I don't see KD with that sort of love from his teammates. Oh. Hmm. No. Interesting. So. For me, they just need to execute a long playoff run. If they can do it, I mean, he's only – this is his third year in the league, so he's still young. But, listen, like, if, if they can – because they're going to have to play either Phoenix or Golden State in the second round. I mean, it's mm-hmm. inevitable depending on how the seeding is. They can – if he – they upset one of them and get to the Western Conference Finals, man, let me tell you something. It's a wrap. 
Yeah. <laughs> Lee, Lee better watch out. I'm telling you. Yeah, he's going to be the new face or something like that. Because I think he has the, the right behaviors, to your point, Coach JB3. I think he has the right behaviors mm-hmm. as compared to a Russell Westbrook. And I think yeah. I saw on um, on Colin Coward's show, he brought up like Russell Westbrook, D. Rose, and John, John Wall. Yeah. That's the game. That, that's the kind of the comp that he gave, which, I mean, I can see. But I think the one thing that he has above – specifically John Wall and Russell Westbrook, I see a willingness to tweak his game, to Coach Pace's point. If you really looked at his game from last year, this year, he's finishing around the basket a little differently. I don't know if you guys noticed, he's doing like that little mid-range floater a little bit. He's pulled that out a little bit. To your point, Coach Pace, I think the one thing that he needs to fine-tune a little bit is the off-the-dribble shot whether it's a step back, whether it's just you shake and bake and trying to create the space, you can get like, like a quick shot off. That's the probably the next step to his game. But I have no doubt that he can do it because to see the evolution in just the three years, mm-hmm. I mean, come on, man. And Adam Silver, quit spending time trying to get the vaccine mandate reversed in New York City. Spend some more time in those marketing dollars towards John Morant, please. Thank you very much. Yes. I don't want to hear about him playing in the small market because you was going to put all that into Zion Williamson anyway. And he's you was going to put all that into Zion Williamson that can't get the fork out of his mouth in New Orleans. So stop it. All that money I was planning for him, shit that over to John Morant, please. Thank you very much. Yes. Because I tell you that it, as, as we close here, I don't know if y'all heard. I don't know if Coach Pace, you heard. I know Coach Knight, you were in a meeting about this, and I heard it on Colin Coward's show. That they, it was the 18 to 35 yep. demographic. NFL is number one. Major League Soccer is number two. Shocking. And then the NBA is three. Um, and then um, it goes for M- MLB and NHL. Yeah. So MLS has taken that spot from the NBA. And I think yeah, this is. That's easy, though. My bad, my bad, Jane. Yeah, but that's easy, though, because guess what? MLS, they show up and play. NBA, the stars are just, oh, I don't feel like playing today. <laughs> yes. Uh, exactly right. That's exactly So I had to address Adam Silver in my little state of the union because I'm like, dude, this, this ain't looking good. Not looking good. But yeah, you have a lot of attention on social media, but like if people aren't tuning in to watch the games or go to the games and you're charging me an arm and a leg, and I know so and so ain't playing. That's right. not a recipe for success. It's not. Right. Just that, not. It's it's a simple business model that has been overlooked for quite some time, right? <laughs> so MLS, they charge right underneath that. Yep. Everybody gonna be out there playing. So your yep. favorite player, any of you, you're not because you could connect to the players. You know, there's no helmet, like, so you feel like you can like really connect with them. And I was on Coach Natty T. I went to a Columbus Crew game last season. And it was awesome. I mean, the new stadium is beautiful. That was mm-hmm. first. The atmosphere is just fire. And it was a night game. The crowd was lit. The players is like connecting with the fans and like, you know, just talking back and forth. They're celebrating. Even when they went out of the game, they did a walk around when they clapped people out and everything like that. And, and then they're like, you know, doing this and, and thank you and all that kind of stuff. And I'm just like, yo, like, this is so dope. This is so dope. Such atmosphere. But I'll be daggone if I pay a top dollar and, <laughs> and then all of a sudden somebody like, you know what? I, I ain't going to play it. I don't feel like it. 
No, no, I paid the dollar based on you playing. So you're going to play or someone's giving my money back, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, mm-hmm. so that, uh, they do a really good job with community engagement too, I think the MLS does. Um, yeah. They do a good job of that. They really market their their stars. Um, what I was telling Coach Natty T is also, there's more of a team thing, like, that's my team. Like, I roll with them. Right. The NBA is not really like that as much anymore. Not with that demographic. Nope. Because if I'm changing, if a, one of my players that I love is changing teams every three years, then I'm rolling with the team. So that's why you got a bunch of LeBron fans and not Cleveland fans. So when mm-hmm. LeBron leaves Cleveland, ticket prices go way down and people stop showing up. And they end up calling me, telling me about their big 40% off ticket discount. <laughs> and they get me to come back to the stadium. And I'm like, to see who, right? And I'm, I'm, and I'm trying to decide, like, do I want to go? But if I go, I am going to go based on who they're playing because I want to see somebody else's star, right? Because there's nobody here for me, right? That shows you right there the type of environment that is, that is evolved in the NBA. So if, if you're not going to play or you're going to change teams every couple of years, I'm just going to follow the player. And there's no real team loyalty like the NFL has where players could shuffle around a little bit, but they're still team loyalty. The MLS has that. And I think that's so dope uh, that, 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 that young demographic that, you know, I'm right at the edge of that, that 35. I'm right at 35. Yes. Yeah. Our demographic is, is noticing that and going into that because soccer has been overlooked for so long. I know coach Natty T that's your game right there. So it's kind of cool to see that happening. I felt like I was born too early. Like if I was born like 10 years later and they're coming up now, man, Mm-hmm. Yeah, what's funny about that? I looked at Cavs <laughs> tickets because I wanted to go see the Lakers and uh, Cavs. <laughs> Why they up the prices just because LeBron is coming back? For, like oh. they upped it by like two hundred, two hundred fifty dollars. Oh, yep. those BC. I'm like, bro. Yep. Why would I want to yeah. go see that? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. My TV is right here, and I can shut them off if I don't want to see LeBron and Russ Brooks stink it up. <laughs> <laughs> The thing is, he may not play. You never know. He may not play. That's what I'm saying. I know Anthony Davis ain't playing. He's going to be hurt. (laughs) (laughs) You can count on that. That's very interesting. I'm I'm, I'm anxious to see as the years progress how the different leagues decide to, if they restructure, to your point, Coach Natty, about the collective bargaining agreements. I know they're seeing these numbers. And they're worried. And 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 it's interesting because all the media shares and reposts are there for the NBA. All the highlights are there. You know, I scroll through Instagram and and TikTok and yeah, the NBA is always out there. I don't see it soccer as much, but who's showing up to the stadiums, who's buying merch. There's a lot else that goes into popularity. And so I I think that's pretty cool that soccer is, is in that conversation. But yeah, they're gonna to have to make. I mean, baseball—they can't even have a season right now. They—they they still trying to work. They—they they came out with a whole plan just to pay people in the stadiums because they can't work now for for a while until they come to an agreement. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So hopefully they can get their lives together. They're never gonna get that because baseball tickets are already expensive uh, for oh, for some of the top tier teams. It depends where you're going, but like, yeah, some of the top tier teams. But anyway, yeah. Well, fellas, that's our show. Uh, thank you all for stepping into the coach's box. On behalf of Coach Pace, Coach Natty T, I'm your host, Coach JP3. We'll see you all next week. Stay blessed and stay safe, y'all. Peace.